now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week, and we bring you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas around your place, this is a fantastic spot to be. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole home show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. It's been my pleasure being your host here every week for the last few years. I've been selling real estate here in Greater Victoria since 1991. Just had an anniversary. <laughs> been 32 years as of the time of this recording here. I've handled hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of transactions here in our fair city. Proud to be ranked as one of the top producing REMAX agents in Western Canada. Be pleased to help you as well, too, if you're looking for advice or direction or you need to chat about your plans regarding real estate, just reach out to me or the rest of our whole home show team members. You can find our contact information by visiting cfax1070.com, look under shows, and there you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe, uh, or you can always just Google, uh, look us up, you'll find us. And I know that because we hear from you on a weekly basis. We love hearing from our CFAX listeners. Uh, we always start off with a conversation about what's going on out there uh, in the real estate marketplace. I've had a couple of questions come up recently that I do want to cover. But before I do, just want to remind you, if there's anything that you'd like us to talk about, any topics or things that you're on, oh, you know, you're wondering what it's all about, what's happening, or if there's some confusion, just reach out to us again. Uh, visit the home show on cfax1070.com uh, or Google us or reach me at the Prime Real Estate Team, Prime Team. .ca. So the thing that is coming up uh, right now, oh my goodness, I, I almost forgot to introduce our guests for the episode. Sorry, folks. You need to know who you're listening to, to today. And today's episode is a really interesting one because there's been regulatory changes out there uh, in British Columbia specifically as of January the 1st, uh, also federally as well because we have this foreign buyer ban as of January the 1st. So I thought I'd speak to a couple of gentlemen uh, who handle things from the regulatory and association standpoint. We're going to be chatting with the CEO chief executive officer of the british columbia real estate association that's trevor coot he'll be talking to us about what bcrea does uh and you know what's happening as far as regulatory changes because there have been a lot you know folks you know what i'm talking about so we've got um strata bylaw changes we've got uh the dual agency ban that happened a few years ago we've got the right of rescission which i'm going to be talking with you about in just a moment still have the vacancy um uh tax uh, and there's still a tax, even though you can't buy uh, anymore. There's a slim uh, exemption out there. And if you are a non-Canadian resident, you get to, you get the benefit of paying extra property transfer tax on the transfer. Uh, so we'll be talking with Trevor. Trevor will also be chatting across across the country over towards Ontario, the chief executive officer of the Ontario Real Estate Association. That's Tim Hudak. We've had Tim on before. He has 
tons and tons of knowledge. Of course, he is a long time. Uh, he spent time in Parliament in Ontario uh, as a leader of his party, a uh, member of provincial parliament. So we're going to have a conversation with both of them talking about regulatory changes, how they affect the marketplace, how they affect realtors, but most importantly, how they affect consumers, people who are buying and selling real estate. Anyways, that's uh, our guest for today, but let's get right into where I was leading off to, which is some questions that have popped up recently about this right of rescission. Uh, we've been chatting about this. This was a new law that came into effect in January uh, with the um, provincial government. And basically, it's the cooling off period. And it is where a buyer now has three business days to change their mind for no reason at all. There doesn't, you know, when you make an offer that is subject to financing or subject to building inspection, if for some reason you can't get your financing or if something happens with the inspection, you have the right to collapse the transaction. You are not committed. That's the nice thing about having conditions. Now, what had happened was when we had a busy real estate market and people were writing offers without conditions, unconditional, not subject to financing, not subject to building inspection, uh, even if you needed financing. That's what people were doing. It was necessary in order to be competitive. Uh, but the government wants to give people a cooling off period where they can say, oh, I don't know if I should have done that. I think I'm going to change my mind. Now, we do have a uh, right of rescission for new developments. That has always been around as long as I remember. So for seven days, uh, when you're buying a new, con like a pre-built condo, something that hasn't been built yet, you have seven days to change your mind. Again, no reason, uh, you know, for no recourse at all. You just say, I don't want to proceed. So this is what's happening now with every contract in British Columbia. Uh, I was having a conversation with a client in Ontario uh, a little while ago uh, who was wondering, you know, is this something that can be struck out of the contract? Can it be omitted? No, because it's a provincial regulation, it exists and it cannot be amended or changed. So basically a buyer has three days to change their mind. If they execute the right of rescission, so if they say, I'm not going to proceed with this within the three business days, then they must pay 0.025% of the purchase price. So on a million dollar purchase, for instance, that is a $2,500 fee and they have to pay that to the seller. Uh, and again, that is law. That is legislated. It must happen. If you're wondering, well, you know, why is it, why do I have to pay that? If uh, I've just changed my mind, well, it's it's designed to prevent buyers from doing the shotgun approach where they make offers on 10 different properties to hold them up and then decide at the last minute on the one that they want, leaving the other nine houses and uh, sellers sitting there going, what's going on? And it's a risky proposition for sellers because it means they may have lost out on other consumers who would have bought it, you know, more straightforward, more honestly, call it, right? So that right of rescission uh, fee is required. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up today is it is in the standard contract of purchase and sale. It's an entire section that talks about what the fee will be uh, when we are going back and forth negotiating with offers. You know how we change the price, like from 985 to 990 to 987 to, you know, we go back and forth, we're negotiating. Well, we have to change that 0.25% uh, figure every time we do a counter offer as well. Uh, and we need to note 
where the notice will be served to if the buyer does decide to execute their right of rescission. Who's going to be notified? How is it notified? Is it by email? Is it by fax? Yeah, it even says fax on the Who uses fax nowadays? Anyways, it is there. Uh, and uh, that is all uh, necessary today. Plus, it has the effective date of the notice and the end date. So three business days. In other words, if you are negotiating and you have an accepted offer on Saturday, then the rescission period is Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So it's three full business days. Uh, and by the way, this is not only for unconditional offers, not just for ones that have no conditions. We're not seeing that a lot nowadays, by the way. That does also include offers that have conditions. And as I think we're probably going to cover with Trevor Coote uh, in a little bit here from the British Columbia Real Estate Association, it kind of begs a question, uh, who's going to get their building inspection done in three days or their financing done in three days? That's really rare. So uh, it is all there. It's meant to be for consumer protection. Um, you know, this would have been a really handy tool for buyers a couple of years ago when the market was really busy. Right now for licensees, and I'm sure anyone who's listening, any realtor who's listening to this right now will agree, ends up being a lot of extra paperwork for perhaps no reason. Because you know what, what may end up happening is a buyer may change their mind uh, and just wait to the fourth day and uh, use one of their conditions as a reason, you know, uh, oh, I couldn't get my financing or, oh, you know, I had an issue with a building inspection. Now, that's not the right way to do it, folks, just to let you know. I'm not suggesting that that's what you should do. If somebody was able to get financing and they're using financing as a way out, that is very disingenuous. That could end up being a bit of a legal quagmire. Um, but I'm just saying here, uh, the three-day period is there for a reason, and that's uh, that's all how, how it works. Uh, anyways, that's the right of rescission. Whole bunch of new rules going in there. Uh, I'm sitting here right now looking at my declaration for my vacant speculation property tax form. I'm sure you guys all got it in the mail. Don't forget to fill that in. You've got a, a note that you are using your home as a principal residence, or else you might get taxed by the provincial government. Actually, we are <laughs> we're going to take our break now. And we'll be coming back in a moment having conversations about rules, regulations with BCREA after this break. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show. And I'm Tony Joe. Of course, you're familiar with realtors, the people that served you when they helped you buy or sell your home. Uh, there are rules and regulations that realtors have to follow. And you might wonder every once in a while, what, what are these rules and who imposes them? We have talked before in past about the fact that we do have a provincial regulator, the British Columbia Financial Services Authority. I have mentioned to you before that I'm one of the instructors. We teach the applied practice course and a number of other things. Uh, that is one level of governance. We also have the local level. So here in Victoria, we have the Victoria Real Estate Board, which is 1,500 agents. We've got the Vancouver Island Real Estate Board, which is the rest of the island. Uh, there are six other real estate boards in British Columbia as well, total of eight and about 26,000 realtors. Uh, and it is the British Columbia Real Estate Association that is the organization that sort of uh, um, uh, oversees all eight of those boards. Uh, right now, our guest is the CEO, the Chief Executive Officer of the British Columbia Real Estate Association. Association, Trevor Coot. Trevor, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Tony Joe. Good to be here. Yeah, you know, we don't dive into this too often. I mean, I think our listeners know I'm also one of the BCRA instructors. So, you know, I'm a, a professional development uh, um, course instructor. Uh, I want to talk about 
what BCRA does. And I want to get to the point where consumers, the listeners know um, the work that BCRA does for consumers, right? Um, so let's talk about BCRA. What's, what is the role of BCRA out there? The, the the line that we that we go by is the voice of 26,000 realtors in the province of British Columbia and and that really that really captures uh, kind of the outward facing uh, aspect of and role of uh, the BC real estate Association so uh, when the public would interact with us, it would be uh, generally hearing uh, hearing the voice of our chief economist Brendan Ogmanson, who has been a, he's been a guest with. here a few times. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah great. I'm sure. So so uh, certainly talking uh, talking about the industry from a from a, a market and a, in a, a, a economic perspective, um, but also uh, sometimes the uh, the public might get the misfortune of hearing my voice uh, talking about uh, various aspects of what we'll talk about today in in the role of of BCREA. Um, so usually from a public perspective, uh, that's that's how they're interacting with us is is uh, you know from a um, just a, a, a general advocacy or or market uh, update perspective. Yeah, and, uh, the, and the other things too is there's professional development, so there's the education. Yeah. So, um, so more on the realtor facing side, yep. we do we do a lot of of that the the realtor support aspect. So uh, uh, we provide all of the legal standard standard forms uh, for the contracts the, that consumers the, the contract to purchase and sale and the yep. listing contracts that realtors uh, interact with. Every day, uh, 600,000 times a month, uh, realtors are interacting with the web forms platform, which is where where uh, documents sit that that the realtors and and all of those are legal contracts, and all of the all of those legalities have to be monitored and maintained and updated, uh, and somebody's doing that, and 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 that is that is the BC Real Estate Association in concert with many other people. Um, and then uh, the the education and professional development, the area that that you are, uh, we're fortunate enough to have you uh, help us out with, uh, is making sure that uh, realtors are well educated, uh, well prepared, uh, they remain updated and aligned with any changes to regulations or to industry or to uh, requirements from any level of government. Uh, and uh, so we're constantly updating and creating new educational opportunities for the 26,000 realtors. So, so that that gives you a general sense uh, of the of kind of the various areas that we that we play in. Uh, but uh, we, I look at it as us having both an outward and an inward facing uh, role uh, when it comes to the real estate sector in British Columbia. Oh, for sure. You know, I often bring this up to, you know, when we look at other jurisdictions out there, like other parts of the world, and we look at how real estate is run, um, as much as there's a, a lot of rules and regulations and things here, uh, it's a good thing because there are so many places where it's unregulated and so many bad things happen and consumers aren't protected and people getting ripped off all the time. And I think that's one of the reasons why there are organizations like BCFSA and BCREA uh, that are out there looking out for for the consumer, right? Yeah, the, the so that that goes. That, there's a couple of things to that. I, I think the world in general uh, is is becoming more regulated. There's there's more there's more of a regulatory environment. Uh, no matter what jurisdiction you're you're talking about, whether it's in in kind of the westernized world or or beyond, um, the the government involvement and the the appetite for government uh, or or other stakeholders to have. A, a, a part in how things are regulated is becoming more entrenched and and even 
kind of more ex expected and accepted by by the consumer. So um, so we're seeing that, and we we see the result of that in British Columbia certainly. Uh, typically, government reacts to the environment and the market that that uh, they're they're uh, seeing happen. And and when you go through a crazy environment and market like we saw over the last couple of years, or a global pandemic, um, people feel the need. Governments feel the need to to reevaluate and make sure the consumer is being protected and rightly so that yeah. that's why we elect people into those positions so well, so now, we are the, seeing that trend more widely now that is a most excellent segue because something that came up in 2018 uh was um our regulator at the time uh real estate council of british columbia which is now bcfsa um enacted rules so that dual agency is no longer available in british columbia which is the only jurisdiction it seems like in north america where that is a rule right so, um, and as you've just said, uh, it's the government sort of reacting to to things that are going on. So you must be getting phone calls from your opposite numbers in all the other provinces as well, too, uh, talking about, hey, what's this like and what's it going to take for us to do that? So, so I, I don't know if you know much about my background, but I was involved in the real, the regulatory world in real estate. And, and one thing that I always thought was interesting, and I even see it now more on the on the organized real on the realtor side of, of the, the industry, is when I was with the regulator, we would go to these international conferences uh, where real estate regulators from quite literally all over the world would, would be congregating, and we'd have an issue in front of us. And I could name a few issues uh, just with the changing times that, that we as a regulator were looking at saying, what is our role going to be in this? And how are we going to reg regulate this particular practice of, of realtors in the industry? And you go to that conference thinking, oh, we're going to get all the answers to all of our questions. And you get there and you realize everybody's there looking for the same answers to the same questions because the world, we work in a global environment. Things that are the, the technology that's impacting the real estate sector in X jurisdiction is also what's impacting the real estate sector in another jurisdiction. And yeah. so, so we're all met with the same challenges at the same time. That said, regulators, just as we do as, as kind of the industry side of real estate on, on the realtor side, um, watch what's happening in other jurisdictions and watch how those, those changes might be impactful. Um, I don't think that BC is unique in uh, the, the uh, non-dual agency environment. I think there are other environments in North America, not necessarily in Canada, yeah. um, that, don't, that don't allow du dual agency. Um, but it is something that regulators, when one acts, the others watch, right? And, and certainly we know that the other provinces are watching the impacts of, of banning dual agency. We know that we know that Ontario from a government, like at a government level, um, are going to watch what are the impacts of a rescission period. Uh, and and so so it's important for us as an industry to continue to collect data when those changes are made. We need to monitor what the impacts are, the consequences intended or not, so that we can better inform future decisions of the government and other governments who are looking at navigating down the same path. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. Wow. There's, there's so much to know and so much to talk about, but you know, as we approach our break here, um, something that we're going to talk about when we get back, uh, are these new things that have popped up this whole buyer rescission period uh, yeah. and a couple of other things as well, because um, you know, of course the government relations uh, committee, that's one of the things that BCRA does is advocacy and uh, working with the government, right? We're having a conversation today with the CEO of the British Columbia real estate association, Trevor Coote, talking about uh, organizing real estate from a provincial uh, level need to take our break here we'll be back in just a moment now the whole home show with tony joe on cfax 1070 thanks for coming back you're listening to the whole home show and i'm tony joe our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners denise webster mortgage broker with dominion lending center's modern mortgage group jp sellis insurance advisor at westland insurance the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. As a reminder as well, if you're a podcast listener, we do have all five years and 250 episodes worth of uh, shows on iTunes or Google Play. You can just download, listen at your pleasure. There's a lot of stuff that we recorded a few years ago that maybe wasn't relevant at the time that could help you right now. So download and listen away. Having a conversation today with the CEO of the British Columbia Real Estate Association, uh, Trevor Coote. And we're talking about um, some regulatory matters that are happening out there right now. Trevor, again, thanks for joining us today. No, absolutely. It's it's my pleasure, Tony Joe. Thanks for having me. You know, uh, again, one of the things that BCRA does uh, that I know, because I sat on the uh, Government Relations Committee um, after my year as the president here in Victoria some time ago, uh, is uh, uh, government matters now. We have the home buyer rescission, home buyer protection uh, plan, the home buyer rescission period that came in very recently. I recall BCREA actually submitted a list of recommendations to the government, uh, and it didn't. I, I mean, I, I hope the government received it because it didn't really look like they necessarily uh, uh, implemented some of these suggestions. Let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can. I'll give you a little bit, uh, some context, uh, very quickly. I'll just lay out kind of the the uh, the timeline of events. So on November fourth, twenty twenty one, the the finance minister at the time announced that there was going to be a cooling off period. And and again, it kind of what I was saying before the the commercial break, um, the the environment that we saw in the real estate sector in BC was unhealthy. It was frantic. It was crazy. It was not good for anybody. And so rightly, the government was looking at that and saying, are consumers still being protected in this current environment? And um, so unilaterally uh, and without much uh, basis for the decision, the minister said there's going to be a cooling off period. So what BCREA did at the time was, as you pointed out, drafted a white paper, 34 recommendations. We put them forward to the regulator, BC Financial Services Authority, and the government and said, here's our recommendations on how better to protect the consumer during environments like we're seeing today. And as part of their due diligence, the BC Financial Services Authority did the same thing as, as was their guidance to the, by the minister, was to provide some context for what this cooling off period, rescission period, it ultimately get, got called, uh, would look like. And so they gave 21 recommendations. And many of those recommendations mirrored what was in our white paper, the, the, what we drafted at the BC Real Estate Association. What was extremely disappointing at the end of the day was that uh, a total of 
let's say combined because there were some duplicates in, in the BCFSA report, let's say there was about 40 recommendations, 45 recommendations that were made to the minister and they ignored all of them and, 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 and the policy was one. It was just the cooling off period simply by itself. And so it was disappointing that the government ignored their own regulator who's empowered and designed to make these recommendations, but also the folks who are on the ground, the realtors, the managing brokers, BCREA, the folks who have the expertise and know what the impacts of these types of policies are going to be were also ignored. So, so for us, it was it was kind of that that narrow uh, narrow sightedness of the government in implementing this. Um, at the end of the day, it was one small policy that ended up landing uh, and now is implemented. It came it became active January third. Um, and for the consumers that are listening out there, it basically gives buyers a three day uh, an opportunity three days for the three days after uh, accepting and after getting an accepted offer with a seller um, to be able to walk away with the, from that offer. With no a, reason given at all. They can just walk away. With yeah. no reason. Yeah. 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 And the penalty that you mentioned is 0.25% uh, of the purchase price. So $2,500 on a million dollars, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so so from from our perspective, uh, it's ineffective. Uh, it's 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 uh, um, it puts the buyer uh, at risk in our perspective because uh, it, it creates a false sense of security. Uh, they, 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 the government was touting this as an opportunity to do due diligence and, and you and I and all of your listeners who have gone through a home sale in any time in the past 10 years knows you can't get a home inspection and, appraisal and financing in three days. Yes. Um, so if that's what people are expecting, then it might give a false sense of security to a buyer that actually isn't there. Um, for a seller, it gives them uh, anxiety because they have no idea if the buyer is going to walk away in that first three days. And they also have an accepted offer on their own home where they're going, which is out of province in a different jurisdiction and doesn't have a rescission period that they have to worry about that they can enact in order to walk away from their deal. So so it's 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 too narrow and causes too many problems. Now, the, the good news is we don't think it'll get used a great deal because the market is adjusted and uh, there's no need, uh, the, the conditions that we're seeing on offers now uh, satisfy uh, longer than three days. So something I want to bring up, I mean, it, it's, we have it now. It is what it is. Three sure. days. Yeah. That's just, that's the way it is. 100%. Um, yep. Now, BCRA had a different recommendation because it wasn't a three-day cooling off. Instead, it was going to be a, a mandatory, uh, what was it, a five-day uh, free period? offer period. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a listing, if a seller was looking at listing their property for sale, uh, it would be required that that property would have to be on the market for five days. Yeah. Um, the and again, any of your listeners who went who did uh, go through the the process of purchasing a property in that in the last three years um, knows that the frenzy didn't come after they got an accepted offer. Yeah, the frenzy was before the acceptance. Yes. when when buyers were tripping over themselves. Uh, and and the ink on the paper, they wouldn't even let it dry before they they tell the seller like the ink wasn't even dry, and the seller was expected to give them a response. Yes. Uh, so so requiring five days, everybody could. The whole idea that the government was going in with the the best intent was to give everybody the gift of time. Right. Yeah. The idea was the gift of time. The problem is that they gave it on the wrong side of the transaction and to one side of the transaction. So only the buyers get it. And it's after the, the uh, acceptance. What we were saying is 
give the gift of time to both parties and before the acceptance when the frenzy is really prevalent. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm going to say this because I'm an outsider. I'm not involved in organized real estate and, and all that. And it, it is my observation that whenever, because as you mentioned, we are the boots on the street. We, we yeah. are the people, the professionals that are actually working with clients. And, you know, where are these foreign buyers, for instance, right? Uh, uh, that's a whole other story altogether. But yeah. we're the people that are actually dealing with the needs and the, the concerns that consumers have. And it frustrates me as a licensee, um, again, not involved in organized real estate because it, I feel like we give great the organization like BCRA gives great recommendations to the government and the provincial government doesn't listen and yeah. um, you know I I I think the biggest laugh it is a bit of a laugh right now is the rescission period would have been great a year and a half ago and it's just too late because it doesn't really make it doesn't matter right now yeah I I, I completely agree but I I think to um, part of it is on us as as an industry, as a sector, uh, but also uh, more more localized at BCREA um, to demonstrate that we have those expertise on the ground, to be able to go to government, have open lines of communication, really solid relationships, and be able to, to uh, through those communication channels, be able to share that intelligence and that knowledge on the ground. And I think uh, I will say that with some changes in government and, and, and with the folks that we're going to be talking to, um, I'm really hopeful that uh, there is a little bit more emphasis put on the research and on the expertise and not just so much on gut feel and, uh, and populist politics. Yeah, for our listeners, I interviewed the Minister of Housing a few weeks back, and I have to say it was a, it was a great chat. And and yeah. you know, it, sometimes you you wonder if a person's got their heart in the right place, and and it might be a step in the right direction, right? Well, and and I I just want to I I want to make sure that I'm not sounding you know too too one sided on this. I think everybody's heart is in the in the right place, and I, yeah. I will say even the minister that announced this. I mean, it was all with the best intentions, right? Yeah. It's just, we want to make sure that the best intentions align with practicality and what the actual outcome is going to be. And that's where data and research and and uh, information can help us. So important. Well, Trevor, thank you so much for your time today chatting about these things. I know consumers or listeners don't think about this very often, but it is important information. Trevor is the CEO of the British Columbia Real Estate Association. Thanks again for joining us today. It was my pleasure, Tony Joe. I had a lot more to say, so I'm, I'm back <laughs> next time. time. All right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll take our break here. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Had a conversation just a moment ago before the break with the executive officer of the British Columbia Real Estate Association, Trevor Coote. And of course, we were talking about all these regulations and rules that have come into British Columbia. Uh, our next guest right now is the other side of the country. He is the uh, chief executive officer of the Ontario Real Estate um, Association, Aurea. And we've had him on a program before. Uh, very happy to have him uh, back here again. Uh, Tim Hudak, thanks for joining us. Absolutely, Tony. Great to see you again. Thanks for being back on. And hey, thanks for joining us at a reality conference back in Toronto in uh, in late November. Hope you had a fabulous time. Oh, I did. My goodness. That is probably the most amazing lineup I have ever seen in any conference. 
Well, I appreciate it. It was our 100th anniversary, and we want to have people who give advice to realtors or fans of real estate on what's coming down the pike in the market, new technologies, also perspective from people in other fields, like around you know marketing, uh, for example, around uh, public uh, leadership. It was kind of, not kind of, it was a thrill to interview President Bill Clinton. Yes. And uh, it was great seeing Lisa LaFlemme up there in terms of how, as you do, you know, communicate with authenticity yeah. uh, to an audience, even if it's tough news. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, for our listeners again, um, again, we talked with uh, Trevor a moment ago about British Columbia Association. Uh, tell them really quickly about Ontario. You represent, yes. yeah, so you had the Ontario Association. Exactly. So we represent Ontario's 96,000 uh, realtors. Maybe one of the largest provincial professional associations in all of Canada. Our main delivery uh, would be, uh, Tony, advocacy on behalf of our realtor members and the buyers and sellers that they work hard for every day. We do standard forms, a common language, so you can do a real estate deal anywhere in the province. We work on leadership training, investing in our realtor leaders who give back to the community by working in local charities or local boards, local foundations, or even in local uh, politics, and also guidance. So what are the, some of the tricky issues out there and how do you work on behalf of your customers, your clients uh, with integrity, uh, given some of the more challenging situations like new government rules and regulations? Well, and this is, well, thanks, Tim. And and of course, this leads us into what we had talked about a moment ago with Trevor. Here we are, as of January the 1st, the federal government has decided to put a ban on foreign buyers. Uh, how are How is Ontario feeling about that? Because of course, Specifically, uh, not only the province, but the greater Toronto area is known for immigration and for uh, being this cultural melting, uh, melting pot of all these people that have come from other places globally. So what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, there, there are growing concerns about this. And, and look, I, I get the politics. Right, I had spent 21 years in elected office as the leader of the Progressive Conservative Party, the province of Ontario there. So you know, I get the politics that you want to point fingers at foreign buyers and saying that they're the cause of the housing affordability crisis. But uh, this uh, all across ban, I think, is going to chase talent uh, out of our province. It is uh, causing a lot of unforeseen consequences and limiting people building new housing or new commercial spaces. I'm happy, Tony, to talk about some of those challenges that are coming out by the way this was written. But here's my ultimate point on this. Everywhere, whether it's British Columbia or Ontario, the root of the housing affordability crisis is the lack of supply. We simply did not build enough homes that average hardworking Canadians can afford as our population was growing. And as a result, it's become like a cruel game of musical chairs, more people chasing fewer and fewer homes. If we want to make sure that your son or daughter has a fair shot at getting a place of their own, we got to start building again. You know, homes that people start are homes for people, move up homes and the kids come along. We need to avoid these shiny baubles that might sound good politically. Every ounce of energy we have, getting more homes built so more people get keys to a great place to call their own. All right. Um, now, in British Columbia, the um, housing minister announced back in, I think it was November, uh, a plan to prioritize affordable housing in a number of key areas. Uh, kind of interesting because it's sort of like the first time it seems like the uh, provincial government is addressing the supply thing because it's always been demand. It's always been let's stop demand. Let's prevent people from buying or things like that. Uh, what's the Ontario government doing in that regard? I, I give top marks to our, our premier, Doug Ford. Our housing minister's name is Steve Clark. 
uh, for focusing on the true cause here, and that that is getting more homes built. Um, I had the honor of being appointed to a provincial task force. It was called the Ontario uh, Home Affordability um, uh, Panel, and we brought forward recommendations to create 1.5 million homes in the next 10 years, Tony. That will help build homes for new arrivals and play catch up with the underbuilding of the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I am pleased to report that the uh, Ford government has taken a lot of our recommendations and now put them into new legislation to get more homes built faster. Oh, my goodness. I was just chatting with Trevor about this, about how uh, the BCREA provided a list of 30, whatever it was, 31 recommendations to the provincial government uh, mm-hmm. on regulatory changes, you know, throughout the last two years. And uh, seemingly none of it was listened to. Um, this is so this is quite, it quite, it's quite refreshing to hear you say that, that uh, in Ontario, they seem to be. We were at a similar spot years ago. You just got to keep pushing, right? You got to keep pushing in, in a number of ways. You can have your 31 recommendations. You've got to do your homework or it'll be taken seriously. But you also have to make sure you're communicating from motive, that you motivate that frustrated home buyer. You motivate that um, boomer family who love, who love their daughter dearly, who followed the rules, got a good job, got her education, but she's still stuck in the basement, Tony. You really got to motivate those homeowners to act as well. And if you just keep going with that air war in terms of your studies, the ground war with the meeting with the MPPs and involving homeowners or those who want to become homeowners, you can make a difference. It does take a while, but we can turn that corner. And I am happy to tell you that in 2021, we had the most homes built in Ontario in 30 years. So we're heading in the right direction. Last year, the second most. So I'm feeling optimistic. It's still going to take a while. But man, we've made some big steps forward here in Ontario, and I'm happy about that. Uh, of course, a lot of our listeners will be uh, Ontario expats, people that have, have moved from there. Of course, they um, people should know. I mean, the scope is quite different too. I mean, the size of the province, and specifically in the in the Toronto area, and and all the opportunity is uh, is is just amazing. Now, um, so that's us looking at Ontario now. As the head of the Ontario Real Estate Association, I know that you've been keeping an eye on what's going on here in BC. And again, we talked with Trevor about the, um, uh, you know, things like the ban on dual agency that happened back in 2018 and a number of other things. Um, How is that looking? Because I feel like Ontario watches what BC does and then maybe implements it in a better way at a later date. (laughs) That's That's how I feel anyways. I don't know about you. I, I do think that, you know, the regulators and government officials uh, will look to other jurisdictions, the other provinces first, and then sometimes the states. I, I'd spend time in cabinet. That was a typical question I'd ask, Tony, what's BC doing or what's Quebec doing? What's Alberta doing? As has been tried before, it's pretty natural. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I, I do think that the, uh, the BC government the last number of years has really focused, as you said, on the demand side, all kinds of new taxes, new rules, new regulations, new new red tape. And has that actually improved the affordability situation? I think it's actually become become worse. Look, there's only so much horsepower a government is going to have. There's only so many hours in a day that civil servants will have to get something done. And, and for every hour that's spent on some new, some new regulation, some new rule, a vacancy tax, a foreign buyer tax, all that stuff, that's time they could have spent in saying, you know, how can we intensify and build along our transit stations? How can we find underutilized real estate and put that towards housing? How can we help new homeowners get in the market? I think that'd be much more positive, you know, way to solve this crisis. 
Um, we did in Ontario approach the government. We said, you know, not only need to increase housing supply that people can afford, but we need to raise the bar when it comes to uh, our consumer protection legislation. And we were successful in a way that gave new business opportunities to realtors, new ways to represent their uh, their buyers and sellers, but also giving new tools to our regulator uh, to uh, to discipline those who break the rules or kick them out altogether. So I can say with confidence that on both the supply side and in our governing legislation, that realtor at your side will be the most trusted individual you, you can find uh, anywhere in North America, helping you make a purchase. There'll be more of those because they're building more homes. Well, I mean, one of the things that licensees, that real estate practitioners often talk about, and again, I'm referring to Toronto specific, the greater Toronto area right now, because you you know, you know, had up 96,000 realtors in Ontario, of which about 70,000 of them alone are in the GTA, right? Yeah, certainly. The, the greater Toronto-Hamilton area is uh, about that. Uh, the, certainly the lion's share of our realtor members and transactions. Um, and we we did have with then Mayor Tory a lot of progress in cooperation with the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board on housing, pro-housing policy at the municipal level. But I suspect it's the same in British Columbia, though. Like if you grew up in the big city or the small town, you always kind of expected, Tony, that if you worked hard and you saved your money and you, you, you know, you did a good job uh, at the office and you planned well, that you could afford a home at the very least in the neighborhood you grew up in. But we have found, even in small towns, that's, that's no longer the case. There are reasons to think we are turning that around. we got to stay down this course. Um, but it's been very motivating, I think, you know, every day in the job when your feet hit the floor. Your, your goal uh, is to make sure that you help create that next generation of Canadian homeowners. I know Trevor feels that way in BC. We feel that way in Ontario. Yeah. We just got to keep going down this path and, and not take no for an answer. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, you, sp as you mentioned, you spent 21 years as a member of provincial parliament, uh, in Ontario. So, uh, you know, you've got, you've got tons of experience in, in this area here. How, how are you feeling right now from a, um, how are you feeling about the future for consumers and what, what they can expect in, uh, in coming days here? I'm feeling optimistic, uh, for a couple of reasons. I, I mentioned we, we've we've turned the debate around that we're seeing more focus on housing supply in Ontario. In the last two years, we, we've made yeah. big progress to make up for underbuilding in the past. So I'm feeling positive about that. I think there has been a pause in the market uh, when interest rates went up and a lot of people went to wait and see mode. What does this mean in terms of the sale of my house or what's my mortgage going to be? Maybe I'll wait. So I think there's been a bit of a pause, but we are hearing about more multiple offers, Tony, taking place across Ontario and in big cities and small towns. Uh, I do believe that, well, I know with confidence, people want to own a home. We measure that at ARIA. Um, people can see our surveys at orea.com, aria.com. That the desire to own a home, despite the affordability crisis, is even greater today than it was uh, a year ago. It's a great place to live. People moving from all around the world that actually want to move into our area across Canada. And the baby boomers are, they've, saved, they've worked hard, they save their money. They're the wealthiest generation in Canada's history. And they do want to help their sons and daughters get into the housing market. So I think it's one thing stabilize in interest rates that you're going to see a significant resurgence in demand. So for all those reasons, I am feeling optimistic in the medium and long term about the housing market. Fantastic. Well, uh, Tim Hudak, again, thanks so much for joining us again. Had you on a little while ago. Tim is the CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association. Uh, always great to be just comparing notes with what's happening uh, other parts of the country. Thanks for joining us, Tim.
My pleasure, Tony. Great to see you again. And thanks for the work you're doing as a real estate leader, not only in British Columbia, but across Canada, too. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. And to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.